Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Tiffany Hoyd, and you're listening to Hogs Havens Riled Up, bringing you the hottest Redskin topics with a twist. And oh man, oh man, we almost had that, y'all. 17 to 0. I was feeling myself. I was calling people, talking a little trash, had some bounce in my step, and then Deshaun D. Jack Jackson. And that was all she wrote. <laughs> but you guys know the story from there. Well, we'll have to take a break from talking about that uh, fiasco for a little bit to introduce none other than Trevin A. Jones, the voice of Howard University football and basketball, a veteran in broadcasting, black college sports, formerly of Sheridan Broadcasting Corporation and American Urban Radio Networks, where he worked there for 10 years and a fellow podcaster, a sports director, and partner of Urban Media Today. What's up, Trev? Wow, you did your homework, sis. All right. <laughs> you know I had to add it off. Okay, not a problem. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing absolutely well. It's been a while since I left Howard. and man, I'm proud I, of you. I appreciate you that. got a job, you know, moving up on the East Coast. Because uh, you're a West Coast girl, I don't know if you're listening to show, but you know, you're from the West Coast, but you make that happen on the East Coast, and I'm very proud of you. Man, it's a transition. I don't know how I'm going to do, because D.C., that winner has nothing on a Jersey winner. So I'm going <laughs> to bundle up and, and pray for the best. <laughs> right? And then well, if you're close to the water, you're in trouble, because I used to live in Manhattan, too, so I know what's up. And I'm about 15 minutes from Manhattan, so yeah, just know I'll be... I'll be a little cold. Send me your prayers and your best. <laughs> yeah, you'll be cold. You'll be cold. Because the water coming off the husband is crazy. <laughs> Man. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm nervous about that. But. Okay. No, you'll be fine. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the best. I actually, I can't make any promises that I'm going to be okay. My brother went to college at Washington State. Went up there for his December graduation. And nearly died. I will have to tell you, that is a cold, <laughs> unnatural. I don't think people are meant to be in that. Well, yeah, I, yeah. See, Washington State, I would know nothing about that. New York, New Jersey, I'm good. And I can deal with the winter. Pittsburgh winters are just, I can't deal with the mountains. But uh, it's all good. D.C., I love D.C. D.C. and Norfolk, but you know, I'm the Norfolk State. When I was down in uh, in Virginia, I love the winter down there. It was cool. It could be cold, but it sounds good, man. But you're good. You're in New Jersey. Please, you're going to be all right. Yeah. All right. Well, did you you tuned into that Redskins fiasco, right? You tuned into that. Well, when you call, Yeah, when you call it a fiasco, why are you calling it a fiasco, first and foremost? Because they lost 32-27. Okay, so 
I'm saying it's a fiasco because you can't be up 17 nothing and then blow the whole second half of the game and really the second quarter to the through the second half of the game. That's a fiasco. Yeah, I get it, but I mean, you have to give credit to the Eagles. The Eagles, um, they got their momentum back. So the course, they, yeah, they started out 17 to nothing. Um, so that was kind of crazy. But then uh, Carson Wentz, you know, when he went deep to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's back in the house, which is crazy. He's back there in Philly. So that, that, that uh, I know the Philadelphia people are loving that. Now, you got another receiver like Alshon Jeffrey, you know, for the Eagles. So when Carson started, hitting, you know, connecting with the two of them, I mean, hey, I mean, talent, talent rises to the top. It sure does, and it showed in Case Keenum's trying to push that through like he did with the Vikings early on. People forget right. about that little stint he had with the Vikings. He was showing yeah. a little promise. He does, and I'm not. I'm not mad at Case. I think what I think Washington what they had like 398 total yards, and I think Case threw for what 370 yards. Are you 300, Yeah, 380. All- 380 yards. So that's all. Of, I mean, that's almost all of the total yards that the team had offensively. So, I mean, I can't be mad at Case. I'm not really sold on him, but, I mean, with the performance that he had, you know, I mean, his offensive line, I mean, they they, they protected him. I mean, to, for him to be able to put up that much in passing, normally when you're passing like that, you're coming from behind. But he actually Absolutely. started ahead. Yeah. He put on a good show for us. A- "Quote unquote backup quarterback. He did his job, and if you anything, you want to see that because everyone has an idea of possibly having a Nick Foles type quarterback where you can come in and go all the way to the Super Bowl. Wow. But you're not gonna always have that, and it's yeah, good but to have. Yeah, you see Nick is. I mean, when Nick getting injured in this last game, so he's not gonna do anything for Jacksonville. He might not even be back for a while. Nah. It might be season ending." I think it is season ending. And I think that's sad because yeah. you like to see that underdog get up and go on to get mm. the big money and win gotcha. some football games. Right, right. And I heard what you're talking about with Case. Like, Case Keenum, I mean, coming from Denver, um, he's okay. I'm just not sold on him. I think the people in D.C. will, if not, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm excited because I want to see Dwayne Haskins back there. I mean, I really want to see what the young man can do. I realize he's a rookie, and you got to give him time to get adjusted. You know, the, the the speed of the game is faster. But, I mean, I would rather see him up there so that he can get his, his bumps in, get his, his, get, just get going, get into the uh, rhythm of the offense, um, learn the offense, and just, you know, do his thing as a rookie. I would rather him, you know, have started as opposed to Case Keenum. But a lot of people will tell me, Trev, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't think anyone is quite completely sold on him, but I think it's just the we're a little leery because of everything that happened with RG3, and I go back to this all the time because he's a young quarterback that you put in there. He showed promise, and then injuries caught up with him, lack of wins. His confidence got shaken, and no one wants to see that happen to a Dwayne Haskins where we feel like, oh, maybe this guy can go the distance. Yeah, but see, I don't. I, first and foremost, I can't believe you just compared Case Keenum to RG three. Oh RG3 no, no, no! Fan. I'm talking about Dwayne okay. Haskins, RG in RG three. Oh, okay, I'm comparing them. No, 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 no. There's we, a big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah, but even with Dwayne Haskins, I mean, he's not the type of. He doesn't remind me of an RG three type of play. Um, I think RG three was more mobile and a lot faster. I know Dwayne is what six three two thirty one. And that's cool, um, but RG three when he was coming out of um, out of Baylor, I mean he was just it. 
throwing, running, everything. And then they always question, you know how they talk about the, the uh, black quarterback in the NFL. He's an athlete. He's mm-hmm. never a quarterback for He's always athlete. But I think that's changing. But um, I think that uh, Dwayne, I, I think he's more of a – he's not a pocket passer, so to speak, because he is mobile. But I don't think he's as mobile as RG3 was or is. Uh, yeah. Kudos to RG3 who's down there mentoring Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I mean, uh, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think that's all Lamar Jackson and his athleticism. I can't say that RG3 is mentoring him. I hope not. What? You hope not? I hope not. Because that would be a bad influence. RG3 is a bad influence? Yeah. Okay. All right. He can tell you what not to do. He can tell you what not to do. He can tell you who not to listen to. But all in all, I mean, as far as being a steady quarterback and bearing the weight of a team and going for what Lamar Jackson just did in Miami, no, he didn't get that from RG3. Wow. I do think that he may have gotten some of it from it. Now, I'm not giving RG3 for credit for the performance of a Lamar Jackson. No. Yeah. But at the same time, when you have a veteran like that in the, uh, behind you who has been through the experiences that you, you mentioned, and that's awesome on your part. Good good point. Uh, you can tell him what not to do. Um, but also, from experience, just based on experience, he can, he can give him some insights, some pointers, you know, helping with his reads, that type of thing, helping to learn how to stay in the pocket a little longer if he needs to be. Um, but I think RG3 has a little bit to do with <laughs> We're <laughs> you, helping out Lamar down in Baltimore. You know what? If I had somebody who failed behind me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would be a, a precautionary tale. And I feel like that would put a little fire underneath me. So you might be right in that sense. Okay. You're not giving RG3 any credit. Okay. No, no problem. Um, but with these Redskins, what I'm looking for, I mean, I really, I, like I said, we talked about, started talking about Dwayne Haskins, and I, I, I want to see him back there because I think um, he just should get the chance to to make some things happen. Make Case Kidd him the back up. Go ahead and put Dwayne out there. I mean, it's only been game one, game one, so we got 15 more games to go. So I'm, I'm thinking and hoping that by, first and foremost, I hope the Redskins can get a win for you Redskins fans. I mean, they got Dallas next. That's going to be tough. That's a tough opening schedule. You got Dallas. You got Philly and Dallas, you know, two conference teams back-to-back, you know, opening two weekends. So that's mm-hmm. rough. But I'm hoping that the Redskins with Undercase can keep it at least level so Dwayne can get in there and get going maybe maybe the, the middle of the season. Well, we'll see. I actually would like to see him through the middle of the season just because I think that that'll give him an ability to get his feet wet. But somebody who really surprised me was that rookie uh, wide receiver, McLaurin. He for, showed up. For, uh, for Washington. Terry. Yeah. 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 I mean, why, why does he surprise you? I mean, he's now he's out of Ohio State. Now, see, this is why I want to see Dwayne Haskins back there. Because yeah. they're teammates. So you would think that there's a connection between the two? No, yeah, a chemistry for sure. Yeah, so uh, I would like, love to see that. Now, the fact that McLaurin could get out there and do do his thing with Case Game at the helm, I mean, that's even one better right now. I get that. That means he can play with any quarterback. Now, if you get his buddy with it out there and they get that connection going, wow, there could be an OSU connection going on in, uh, down in D.C. making things happen in the Capitol. I can definitely see them panning out. Actually, uh-huh. with the veteran Vernon Davis and Paul Richardson, these uh-huh. – they actually could pan out all together. I think that we can actually 
win some football games and not be ranked as lowly as they put us after week one. They have us like bottom bottom three teams of the entire NFL. Yeah, well, I don't pay too much attention to that, uh, especially too early in the season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Adrian Peterson because I think this was the first time he was a healthy scratch, you know, in his career, um, or if not in his career for a long time. Um, so that's kind of interesting. You have guys, and then you have what uh, Smallwood and Thompson um, in the backfield with Adrian. And I was wondering what's going on with AP uh, because you know even they're considering him to be an old man. He had some good performances last year. Um, and you did mention Vernon Davis. Of course, you got Jordan Reed as well. Uh, I think they'll do pretty well um, at the tight end spot. I said all that to say that I don't think that the Redskins are as low as, as you know people are saying that they are right now. You know, definitely not the bottom three of the league. No, there's no way. Three of the league? I'm not feeling that. No. And I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, really? Like, after you go 17 to nothing in the entire first half, you're going to rank them that low? <clears throat> but then again, I don't think the Redskins have a lot of fans in okay. the entire league. Uh, meaning well, from. Oh, you mean outside of DC? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, not from like a fan base. I'm talking about league wise. I don't oh, think they're wise. pushed in the, in a lot of ways mm, to be the front runner. Yeah, because the further the further away you get away from um, DC anyway, and the Redskins, and even the NFC, um, you, you might not have much attention being paid to the Redskins. I mean, I get that, but I don't know. I, I like their offense. They did put up 27 points. I think that's cool. No turnovers, which is awesome. No interceptions. Um, and I think what Case is only sacked one time, so that means that the offensive line, you know, Donald Penn, you got Flowers, you got Royer, you got Sherman. They really, they really surprised me, especially with the Trent Williams holdout still, little me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, yep, you're right, you're right. So I mean, they came through, they performed. Um, so they gave the quarterback the protection he needed. Um, I don't think the running game did all that well though. We're hurting that running back. If you're a Redskins fan. And where we were supposed to be strong right now is our defense. They didn't really show up. Like, showed up. One sack off of a defense that was supposed to be the heartbeat of the team. Quentin Dunbar had the most tackles. He had eight. Then it was uh, the young guy, Cole Holcomb, who had seven at linebacker. It was a lot of things going into that secondary. That defensive front was supposed to be our strongest position. And we're ailing there. Then, of course, you know, we have Deron Payne down. And that can kind of lead to some hiccups and Jonathan Allen. But all in all, I think our defense just, they didn't show up. They have to be better. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to, you got some veterans on the defensive line, too, or even in the defense. But it's just going to take a while, maybe. Um, The defense you know, that's a good point. I really can't even comment on that when you have, you know, your leading tackler being your cornerback. I mean, that that's a telltale sign. Yeah. Tell-tale sign. <laughs> and then Jimmy Moreland was kind of thrown to the fire, I feel like. I understand we wanted to play him, but you're putting him on. Uh, D-Jack, that's his first game back in Philly. You know he's coming for blood. That man is trying to ring bells. Right. It just made him look. Sorry. It just made him look unprepared, and then it also—I right. mean—that kills a young guy's confidence. A young guy who down the line could be very impressive for you. 
right? Let me ask you this question. When you talk about the secondary like that, and you have somebody like Deshaun Jackson coming back to uh, to face you, what, what happened to Josh Norman and Dominic Rogers-Cromartie? Now, <laughs> they, they were a no-show. Really? They were a no-show. That's interesting because I, I remember Dominic Rogers Kamaji coming out of Tennessee State, and of course Josh Norman. I mean, coming from from Seattle, yeah, or Carolina, coming from Carolina, um, you would have thought he would be in beast mode. Well, I was talking to Mark Gray on the last episode about Jay Norman, yeah. and we had this debate, okay. and I said Jay Norman is con- to me considered to be a weapon, and he right. was like, "No, he's not a weapon." He was like a guy like Deion Sanders is a weapon. And I was like, no, right. Deion Sanders, that's an icon, you know. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Norman, he's a weapon. Yeah. And I will right. say Richard Sherman did have a pick six. So I will I've I've right. been trying to I'm gonna hit up Mark about that. But Jay Norman showed me in this game right here that oh, okay. I think you're a weapon, but then you don't show up. Yeah, well, and see, in the NFL, you got to show up constantly. Like, to be – and Josh Norman did a lot of talking, not particularly for this game, but, I mean, we all know Josh. In his talk. life. Um, so, in order to talk, to be kind of like a prime time, you got to show up and you got to make some things happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he had yeah, one pass defended in the game. Um, so, when you're talking Josh Norman, if you, if you, if you put Deion Sanders in the same conversation, you can't be one pass defender. You know what I mean? And then, it, it, you just got to make things happen. You know, tack, even tackling. I think he did have four tackles, though, but, um, nah, the numbers have to be bigger. Uh, you have to have more of an impact on the game. Do you consider Josh Norman a shutdown cornerback? At one point, I did. And that's why I put him in that weapon category. Because, yeah, at one point I was like, oh, Jay Norman, he's like that. But as time goes on, I mean, just in this game, I'm like, okay, Earl, I need you to step up. I have faith in you. But you're not giving me a lot of room here. Right, right, right. And I definitely agree with that. Well, he's going to have to step up because you got the Cowboys next. And, um, The Cowboys got some receivers that can be burners. Um, so that's going to be an interesting interesting matchup. We're talking about Josh Norman being a cornerback to have to make things work. But, I mean, when you're facing the Cowboys next, mm. yeah. <laughs> well, Trev, be before we go to the Cowboys, I'm going to have to take a brief commercial break. Okay. And so we'll, we'll get into the Cowboys week two in the state of the NFL right after this. Well, we're back, and and Trev, you were talking about that Cowboys matchup and Jay Norman having to come together for that. After he didn't show up, I don't think he can come from that and guard an Amari Cooper, based off that performance. Well, see, that's the thing. You said Amari Cooper, and I I agree with that right off the top. But Michael Gallup had a good game for the Cowboys and showed that he has some speed. So that's going to be interesting because – I mean, you never would expect a gal to perform the way he did. Um, so, I mean, what, he's been in the league only two years. And I'm just like, okay, who's really paid attention to Gallup? You know, he's out of Colorado State. Uh, he's only like 6'1". Um, he's about 200 pounds. Uh, but he has some Sleeper speed. cell. Uh, is that what you call him, a sleeper cell? Yeah, <laughs> those little guys that pop up and they just turn like into that. Tariq Hills. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, because he, was, he performed well. Um, so... I mean, when you're looking at the Cowboys, we were talking about the uh, 
defensive secondary. So that's why we immediately started talking about the uh, receivers for the Cowboys. But yeah, I mean Cooper. I mean that's another one. I mean you're going to have to cover him, and who do you put on him? Uh, you said that Dominique Rodgers Cromartie was a no show. Um, you're not really impressed with Josh Norman. Um, how do you cover, you know, like a Gallup and, and Cooper? They might not guard them, but a game where the Redskins tend to show up is that Cowboys game. So it might not be Jay Norman that shows up, but because that's such a rivalry game, mm-hmm. maybe a young guy like a Jimmy Moreland steps up. What do you think? Okay. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, hey, any athlete that's in the NFL, I, I will not doubt them because you had the ability to make it to the NFL. And the mere fact that you're on the field, whether you start or the mere fact that you're getting playing time, especially in the secondary as a defensive back, I got to give you respect. But yeah, anything's possible. I just don't see it happen. I mean, because with Gallup coming up with, what, seven catches for 158 yards last weekend? Seven catches, Tim, for 158 yards. He was targeted seven times. Man, it's going to be a tough, a tough week. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, yeah, uh, for Redskins fans, if the secondary doesn't show up, you're going to get toasted. I mean, the Cowboys, what, scored 35 points last week? You gave up, how many points did you give up against Philly? 32? Was it 32 to 27? 31 yes. 27? So you're going to give up 30, point, 30 points in two weeks? Man, I don't know. It might be a rough one. And you you mentioned Amari Cooper. I mean, he had six catches for 160 yards uh, last week. And the Cowboys went over the Giants. And, uh, I mean, I think they only targeted him nine times. About six of those, and he scored a touchdown. Um, not to mention, you still got, got other catch, but you got to pay attention to. You got a whole lot of guys you got to pay attention to. Zeke, you got – it's going to be an interesting week. And then you have an offense that showed, very, that showed a lot of promise. You have a wide out, yeah, a young you guy the that showed – the Redskins. I'm talking about the Redskins. You have okay. an offense that showed promise, but then you're going against a defensive front. That right. is, this is where the offensive line is going to show their true colors because that defensive front for the Cowboys, that's that's nice. It is very, uh, it's nice or a nightmare, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends on your perspective, but when you got guys like Taco Charles, Dizzy, Dizzy Collins, Antoine Woods, Doran Armstrong, and not to mention Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And then, you're talking about the front line, but don't forget Sean Lee is one of the linebackers, one of the best linebackers in the oh, game. Oh, yeah. Tackle, you know, so. And Jalen Smith. And Jalen Smith. <laughs> I yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. And, and, and Vander Esch is not bad either. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, uh, let me take that back. Maybe Haskins shouldn't be playing right now. No, you can't <laughs> knock his confidence. <laughs> that'll that'll just shake a young player. But the thing about the Cowboys that they struggle at, they while we're struggling up front right now, the Cowboys consistently throughout the years have always struggled in the secondary. So if Case Keenum can air them out over the top, maybe they can get some offense going this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the opportunity is there. Um... It's like you just said earlier, um, the young cats may step up. You know, we were talking about the secondary for the Redskins. When you're looking at the Cowboys, you may see the same with some young cats could step up for them. Um, and again, you know, everybody has to take into consideration. It's still very early in the season. Still got 15 weeks of football to go. So, you know, there's going to be some growth between games, you know, between weeks, you know, last Sunday to this Sunday and then to next to the following Sunday. Um, I think... In the game against the um, Giants, I was impressed with the 
the uh, Cowboys defense as a whole. I mean, they held the Giants to 17 points. Um, so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But the Giants, uh, that people, okay, yeah. all right, we got to give the Cowboys their props, but we also have to say the Giants behind or just above yeah, the Miami right. Dolphins are the worst team in the NFL. Ooh, you put them down with the Dolphins. After what the Ravens did to the Dolphins, you're putting the Giants way down there with the Dolphins. Yeah, okay, so who are they above? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not arguing okay. with you. I'm just, I'm picturing that. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was looking Dolphins. at a poll that put us right above the Giants. And the, the Dolphins. Right above the Giants. Right above okay. the Giants. Mm-hmm. And it went. Redskins, Giants, Dolphins. No, I felt disrespected. Wow. I felt wildly yeah. disrespected. I would have been... <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a Redskins fan, I would have been disrespected. I would have been offended as well. So, yeah, I, I don't even see that. I can't see Washington being that bad. And plus, I mean, you're in a tough conference. If you're the Washington Redskins, you got to play the Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That, that's a conference for you. Um, so it's always a tough conference. It'll always be competitive. Um, but I think that um, if you're a player and you want to play, you want to play in a conference like that because it's always it's always competitive. Always. And you always have a shot because you're playing with the best, in my opinion. Well, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I because, you know, sometimes you have these teams in this conference, they might be six and seven, you know, eight and seven. You know, nine and seven. You know, at the end of the season, um, and and barely getting into the playoffs. Like this is a tough conference. The NFC East has always been tough and always been competitive. So how do we not run out of gas? Like that's what happened in the Philly game. We literally, like, I feel like we ran out of gas, and we were like, oh, okay, we're really? up here, and it was kind of surreal because, I mean, the talk of the summer in in all of OTAs was. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Redskins aren't going to do that much this year. Mm-hmm. Then you pop out on a team that is really a Super Bowl contender, and mm-hmm. you're 17 to nothing, and mm-hmm. you run out of gas. Well, do you think they ran out of gas, or do you think that the Eagles, do you think they ran out of gas, or do you think they were at the out coach? I think they ran out of gas. You know why? Because they held them in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and you fall apart defensively because a lot of stuff was happening where like the safety was biting in the wrong direction and had to turn back to get to Deshaun Jackson. Like you can't, if you flinch on Deshaun Jackson, you can kiss that goodbye because you're not going to be faster than him. That's true. I I definitely agree with that. So you're not reading the right coverage. Right. I'm going to put it to you like this. They scored 20 points in the first half. They only scored seven in the second half in the fourth quarter. So I would say, yeah, they ran out of gas, but they did score seven in the fourth quarter. So I'm thinking maybe they didn't run out of gas. I think that the hype was there for the beginning of the season, the first game of the season. You came out hyped up and ready to go, and it took the Philadelphia a minute to adjust. And I think that Washington was out coached. That was just my opinion because the Eagles scored 25 points in the second half, you know, after just only scoring seven in the first. So it's almost like a tell of two games, you know, mm-hmm. the first half and the second half. And I think that the Eagles were better prepared. Um, I don't want to say they, that the Redskins ran out of gas because, you know, you mentioned the OTA, you mentioned the conditioning. So I'm thinking all teams are pretty much 
pretty well conditioned. But again, it's still the beginning of the season. Um, so I, that's why I give credit to the coaching staff of the Eagles. I think they just outcoached the Redskins. Do you think it was an offensive coach coaching error or a defensive coaching error on the Redskins part? Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to say on the Redskins part, um, I'm going to have to say defense. Defense gave up the point. I mean, offense needs to score all the time. The offense did put up 27 points. You know, your offense put up 20 points in the first half. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go with the side and say put it on the defense. If you put it on anybody, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a full, it's a team game. So it's, you know. You know, it's, it's both sides, but I'm going to say, you know, defense in this point, uh, at this point. Um, but I'm going to say, really, bottom line, Jake, Jake Rudin's fault they lost the game. Ooh. Yeah, and the defense is supposed to be our promise point. And when you go out there and you don't show up, mm-hmm. that is not, that is not, a, that's not going to be okay. No, it's not. It's never okay when it, if a defense doesn't show up. Now, I can't say that the defense didn't show up because they only gave up seven to the Eagles in the first half. You know, so you go into the half with the momentum of being up 20 to seven. That's 13 points, you know. But the Eagles came back in the third quarter, and they, they and I think the key to most games is this, whether regardless of the sport, basketball, football, what have you. The first team that scores at the beginning of the second half usually ends up winning the game because they are carrying that momentum. Their confidence is up, it's been boosted, and they carry that momentum, and now they got, you know, something to fight for. Like, the, the finish line is in sight. So normally, the first team that scores in the third quarter, or after halftime, normally wins the game. In this case, it proved to be true, because not only did the Eagles score first, but the, the Redskins didn't score in the third quarter at all, and then the Eagles went ahead and scored 25 points. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I think also, uh, too, all right, so the defense showed up in the first half. We can agree on that. But mm-hmm. I'd feel better if the defense showed up in the third quarter and fourth quarter over showing up in the first half because the way I, I look at it, like, you know, offense wins games, right? They can go the distance. They can win, they can win it down the stretch, but it's a defense that is a telltale of a team. A defense will get you to championships. And the right. defense okay. is supposed to show up in those last few quarters. Okay. No, I agree with you there. Um, it, I mean, the defense gave up 436 yards total offense. Um, I, I just don't – I'm not one to say that they didn't show up um, because obviously they did in the first half. Maybe the second half they disappeared. Okay, I'll give you that. Um I think when it comes down, because you asked me if it was an offense or a defense, if I have to put it, the blame on one side or the other. Uh, the only reason I didn't put it on the side of the offense is because they scored 27 points. The third down efficiency for the Redskins was only 38%. You got to do way better than that. And yeah. see, this, is make, this makes your point when it comes to the defense. The Eagles' third down efficiency was 64%. That's almost 70% of the time <laughs> they were converting on third down. So, you know, and that kind of – you know, supports your, your point or your argument that the defense didn't show up. But I'm not saying they didn't show up. And they, and they might have, they might have, I don't know, they might have got tired. I don't know. Um, Eagles did have the ball 34 minutes. Maybe not physically um, tired, but mentally. Mm-hmm. Mentally, mm-hmm. I think they got a little, uh, mm. a little ahead of themselves. See, and I'm being an athlete, a former athlete, never played in the NFL, but definitely playing football and then running track and playing basketball and all that. A competitor, Mentally, you don't get tired. 
because mentally you're like, yo, I got this. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to find whatever it is I got to do to make it happen. Um, so, and, and I'm thinking if you say that they mentally got tired, then that means that they weren't focused as a team um, or individual players didn't focus. And I don't, I don't want to go that far. Um, I just think they're out coached. It's as simple as that. <laughs> it's as simple as that, Trevin, sometimes. We have to do better as an entire organization. And it's just showing up week after week. From protests over the name, it's showing up from injuries. Like, there we have, I promise you, we probably have the most injuries in the entire league. And when you wouldn't think. Yeah, it's like we take a small injury and make it a super long injury. I mean, a lot of that's going around when you talk about the injuries. Um, So... Um, I, I think they were outcoached. I, I, I mean, and I don't, the more I'm see, thinking about what you're saying and what you asked me, and the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, and like they were just outcoached. Carson Wentz had a good day. Deshaun Jackson was a good target. Alshon Jeffrey was a good target. I mean, the Eagles defense was playing well in the second half. They didn't play well in the first half, but they seemed to have gone in and adjusted, made adjustments, the adjustments that needed to be made. And they came out in the second half and shut down. They shut the Redskins down. Redskins only scored seven points in the second half. And even more to the point of being out coached, because you can you can say to their defense, they don't necessarily have all the personnel to beat a superior team like the Eagles. But you can also I, say... the NFL. I give nobody that excuse. I'm sorry. I can't go with that. It's the NFL. Make man up. Make it happen. Exactly. But that takes me deeper to this entire off off season. Everyone was pointing out, and this is in the entirety, reading articles on Hogs Haven, listening to other podcasts, a true do- divulging to the off season of the Redskins. Everyone told you guys that you were lacking in personnel. Now, did you pick up some players? Yeah, you got some players in the draft. You try to pick up some players here and there. You put all your money on Haskins. That's cool. He looks like he could pan out. But you're missing a lot of... You're missing in a lot of positions you probably shouldn't be missing in. Especially when you've had years to rebuild. And this is... I want to hold the Redskins accountable to this because you're not the... You're not the Jaguars. You're not the Miami Dolphins. You're not the Cleveland Browns. Like, you have a history of winning or at least having solid players. Mm-hmm. And right now, now I, I don't see a lot of solid. Well, that'll, that'll come in time, even if they don't have it right now. I mean, these are players. I never knock the NFL players. Never. And the NBA players, for that matter. Any professional players, I don't knock them. Cause no, I think they, they're, they're athletes. I mean, you have to give them that credit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, a lot of people always sit back. It's easy to sit back on the couch and knock somebody and say what you can do, what you didn't do, what you don't do. And that's fun. I mean, it's sports. That's what we do. Um, but I always give the players the utmost respect because they're out there seven days a week sometimes. And, and they have been, you know, putting in the work. Um, so, you know, with the Redskins, you're talking about them not having players or needing players and people letting them know and telling them, again, you're not listening to me. They lost the game because of the coach. <laughs> All right. All right. It's because of the coach. I'm going to say, I'm going to go so far as to say it's it trickles all the way back to general manager decisions in off-season and in previous off-seasons. 
They lost yep. the game because of the coach. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that, Trev. <laughs> we're going to leave it at that. They lost the game because of the coach. Um, yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's always a pleasure to talk to you and um, get your gauge on things. It's been a while since we've been able to go back and forth. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I appreciate it. So now you got me ready for this big Howard Hanson game in Chicago this weekend. Um, so I, I appreciate you um, allowing me to be a guest. It's been fun. We got to do it again soon. Now, Trevin, you brought up Howard, so I have to say. <laughs> I have to say. We need to get it together. Or some things are going to have to change. Some um, serious everything. things. <laughs> Everything's going to have to change. But, you know, and, and if you know, you know, you and I spent three years together, you know, as, as, you know, calling the play-by-play and color commentating, and that's been fun. I miss that. I definitely miss that this season. But you know as well as I do, this is the third coach in five years. Are you kidding me? It's not going to work like that. Yeah. And who's going to – to Coach Brandon Marion, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, man, the go-go offense, was just incredible. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be in the, in the league. He's going to be in the NFL soon. Uh, All right. Because with, with them going to William and Mary and him, and, you know, and then he has Mathis. It was a freshman quarterback down at William and Mary who had an outstanding first game. Didn't do too well in the second game because they got kind of beat up against Virginia. But he still performed. I mm-hmm. mean, so you got this coach Marion and his his offense is ridiculous. The go go offense always shows up. Resilient. Yeah, but always shows up, always shows up. I wish it was here, but it's not. My point being, and I know we're running short on time, you have Kayla Newton, who is a premier type of quarterback, even though he doesn't have the height, but he, he has the capability to make things happen. You have him at quarterback. Remember, Coach Flea recruited him, Coach Gary Harrell. He yeah. didn't even get to play for Coach Flea. Because then Coach London came in for two years and then under Coach London. Now, this is his junior year, and he's under Coach Prince right now, Ron Prince, who has a totally different offensive scheme. So credit to these guys. You know, they're taking their their, their bumps and bruises and, right now, but I think they could win in the act. And shout out to Kalen. He's also one of the hosts of Riled Up. Oh, wow. So you okay, just plugged him go. there a little bit. That's why he's uh, missing in action. He's constantly trying to get better at football right now. Definitely, definitely. But yes, definitely. Shout out to Kevin Newton. Uh, big up to him. Everybody, when you see that man, give him a pat on the back. Because uh, he is an awesome, awesome. And I don't want to say athlete because he's a quarterback. So he's an awesome quarterback, not just an athlete. And then just an individual. That guy, I'm telling you, watch out for Kevin Newton. I, I keep telling him he's going to be on someone's TV one day. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to be tuning into the HUHI game. Yep. <laughs> For the real HU, I'm gonna yes. leave that to you. The real HU Howard <laughs> University in Hampton Institute. Yeah. But yeah, you know that's, that's neither here nor there. There you go. <laughs> but thank you so much, Trev. I appreciate you. And you know it's HBCU love. I might have some Hampton people that listen. You, know, we love y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Remember, I went to Norfolk State. Oh, Hampton we love Norfolk State. too. Oh. <laughs> yes. All the way around. All right, Trev, I appreciate you. Thanks, Trev. I appreciate you. Keep doing big things. I'm proud of you. Oh, always, always, likewise. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Riled Up. We are Riled Up to bring you the hottest Redskin topics with a twist. 
Again, I'm Tiffany, and this is Riled Up. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TTAlegend. That's T-T-A-L-E-G-E-N-D. You guys have a great weekend, and remember to stay riled up.